Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. All right, welcome to Tennis.com Podcast. I'm Nina Panchik, joined by my co-host, Irina Falcone. Hey guys, how's it going? Our guest in this episode is Joe Sorello, um, and we're talking about the Bronx Open and the New York Junior Tennis and Learning, NYJTL, for those who don't know it, who aren't familiar, one of the biggest grassroots nonprofits in tennis education in the U.S., and we are sitting at the Carrie Leeds Tennis Center uh, for Learning, where the Bronx Open will be held August 16th to 24th. So, Joe, thanks for joining us. Thanks. So great to be here. All right. So let's start with your story. Why tennis? How'd you get into it? And when did it all begin for you? Oh, God, it's been a while. I've been in tennis almost 20 years now. I had a life before tennis. was in the theater. Always wanted to do it. And I knew I couldn't go to an office job. I was passionate about getting a gig. And I couldn't get a gig. Couldn't get a gig. I went to Italy. And I worked for the Rome Open as a volunteer, and that was my break into the sport, like, 20 years ago. Rome? Yeah. I have never been to Rome. Irina, have you? I have been to Rome, and I'm just going to go ahead and say the pasta is as good as they say. It is. A volunteer, as in you volunteered with media, with matches, what were you doing? I ran the off-site practice court at Dui Punti. I was the only non-Italian there. It's cool. Wow. That is a, that's impressive. I mean, everyone has their starts. A lot of times we have guests on that are players and they all say, you know, my mom got me in tennis, my sister. But when we talk to people that are organizers and tournament directors, it's so different because it's like, why are you in tennis? Like what interests you? Do you have a big passion for it? A big love for it? Yeah, tennis, tennis was a big part of my childhood and I always loved the sport. I wasn't really that great. I, you know, later on went to run the player development unit in New York um, and then I realized how bad I really was having that experience to see people who can really play the game. But I've always been fond of it. It's pretty amazing to go and just like pack a bag and buy a ticket to Rome when you're a volunteer. I mean, you obviously were not getting paid, I'm assuming, and to just show up. And did you speak Italian at least? I didn't really speak it too well at that point. Yeah, to be honest. Okay. And did you end up staying there? Like, were you there also for like, um, you know, some people go there and just have like a semester in college kind of thing, or you just strictly went there to be a volunteer for the tournament? Yeah, it was like a life change. I was thinking about, oh, what do I want to do next? And I planned to be there for a month. And then it wound up being six months, eight months. And it it was short of a year, but uh, I had a nice time. And then you moved to working in the USTA. How did that transition happened because you're based in the US obviously you're not in Rome. Yeah, no, I'm 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 totally an American. My dad's a, an immigrant from Italy, but um no, I still was trying to break into tennis and I was applying to the USCA for like 2 years and finally once I had tennis on my resume, I got a job and my break in was in the ticket office of the US Open 
So all those years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. The U.S. Open. Okay, that makes sense. The U.S. Open's just around the corner. So, I mean, it all kind of circles back. And you were selling tickets. You were vol- vol- you were, you were hired this time. Yeah. Oh, no. I was – it was uh, – I was the customer service rep. I spent about four years in the ticket office, and then I was the head of customer service by the end. Uh, that was rough, um, but really fun. It was my break into the sport. I mean – for everyone listening, we're talking to the Bronx Open Tournament Director, a WHA international event happening in August, and he's also the Chief Marketing Officer for NYJTL, and you started off in the ticket offices of the USTA, and now here we are. You're about to run the show. <laughs> well, we're going to see. I mean, I've had a lot of lives in this sport. Um, I've literally done almost every job. Um, people would make fun of me at the USTA when I was there because I did have a chance to be in quite a few different departments. It's crazy to hear um, so much NYJTL, and uh, it's just funny how small a world it is because I was totally part of the NYJTL, and my dad recently just sent me a video of me like hitting these courts, these indoor courts, and I, I mean, I was probably six years old. The racket was twice my size, and I still remember it just like it was yesterday, but I mean, it's such a huge part of so many American, I feel like eastern section kind of players like it was a huge part of part of my life i know for that that for sure i mean that's so awesome that's my every day so i mean as, as you mentioned i'm the chief marketing officer for new york junior tennis and learning and you know we we are a tennis and education program we actually are the largest youth tennis and education um nonprofit in the nation and that's our daily work. And now the NYGTL Bronx Open is like the ultimate aspirational event for our kids. And, you know, we work with over 10,000 kids throughout the year. So our reach is much bigger when you talk about all the training we do in the schools. But we are in all five boroughs. We are throughout the city. And it's like park, schoolyard, gymnasium. We are everywhere. But tennis in Bronx isn't new because you mentioned to me that there used to be a WHA ATP tournament here before, right? In the Bronx. And now it's – Kerry Leeds is the new center, which is the new home of the Bronx Open, right? Yeah. So it's it's an amazing history. The, the organization's almost 48 years old. We had an event in here from 1993 to 2012. And then we built this Kerry Leeds Center. It's a $26.5 million state-of-the-art facility. Um, and Carrie Leeds himself was a, was a great tennis player. He played for Yale, long history. And it's, you know, I think players are going to come back. They're going to see what's here. Like, I cannot believe what is here in the Bronx now. It's, it's beautiful. Everyone's excited for this tournament. Everyone in New York area is excited for this tournament. I'm excited for this tournament. How do you make a tournament? How did you end up pulled into this? And what are like some of the cogs and the things that happen behind the scenes? Like you said, donations are a big part. Um, the NYJTL is the backing of this. The Carrie Lead Center is here. You have to hire, I mean, tournament director. You you got hired. There's umpires. There's WCA. There's TV. Like, how this sounds like chaos to me. <laughs> a little bit of chaos, but a lot of dreams. I, you know, so we worked on this event. We knew we were going to bring back a tennis tournament, and we really spent the last year or so fundraising, and we were all set to run a hundred k USDA Challenger event. And we're simply over the moon. And then it was a matter of circumstance and the WTA approached us and we had this opportunity to host a 250K international. Um, so between the USTA and the WTA, they've given us like tremendous support for this tournament. Um, it's more than we could 
ever dream of. So it's it's been a big year, a good year. Um, we've been working hard. Uh, chaos is probably not the word I want to use, but I would say it is nonstop. Um, for those of you listening, I was actually part of the WTA Council Board. So I was in the meetings when we would get different pitches, if you will, from different places all over the world saying, hey, we want to run a tennis tournament. So that is, I think, probably one of the first steps. You have to kind of send almost like a business plan in. Is that right? Like to get them to come in and see the facility to make sure that it's up to par. Does that sound about right, Joe? Yeah, you know, actually, a couple years ago, Steve Simon came in, I think the first time was two years ago, uh, we invited him to look at the site, and he loved it right from the beginning. And then when this opportunity came up again, he flew right in, and he took a look around. And for me, that was really a dream, because to have him walk around and tell you how he could see the, the tournament run, I mean, as a first-time tournament director... Uh, it's some pretty good tips. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, you think so? Let's do it. Yeah, he would know. He would know. Yeah. Um, what's been like the most, I guess, interesting, like craziest thing that you've had to deal with, with as a first time tournament director? Because obviously, I mean, we all know about like, okay, you have to get all the players in there, the hotel sorted, transportation. There's a lot of like obvious ones, but what's been like the craziest thing that you're like, wait, they want this, like at a tournament, or this is what I have to do, really? You know, I, there's. it's hard to say just one, because honestly, there's been so many. The hotel's complicated, yes. Transportation's complicated, yes. The site setup's complicated, yes. You know, we're on Parksland, and we have this amazing relationship with Parks. And, you know, getting all the permitting in, and vehicles coming on and off, and the license plates, and it's, you know, it's intense. It really is intense. So I wish I had like one thing, but Irina, it's honestly like 15 things. <laughs> you know, it's every time you turn around, there's more detail. The tournament doctor, the, the amount of level and the professionalism of the WTA and, you know, how much, you, you know, as a first time director, you don't realize how much care and process is into it down to an ambulance waiting on site to all the prescriptions in the bag to, you know, the contracts bringing on the medical team. So that's, you know, that's one line item out of maybe 150 things and it's involved. And people mostly largely care about the player field. They want to know who the big names are, who the stars are, who the rising Americans are. I mean, this is, I mean, I know there's a lot that goes on in a tournament, as you just said, but people really only care about the stars and the player field, from what I can tell, is a good one. We have uh, Wang Chiang as the first seed so far, Joanna Conta, Annette Contevate, Carla Suarez Navarro, Maria Sicari, Daniel Collins, and a girl I'm excited about, Diana Yostremska, um, a fast rising star. You have a combination of veterans, young players, there's going to be a ton of wild cards, Americans, Barbara Streetsova, people love her. I mean, there's a lot of players that are in because it's before the US Open. They're not playing it's open qualifying, at least those players that aren't will be here. It makes sense to play a few matches. I mean, I, I mean, does it make sense to play matches for the U.S. Open? Oh, 100%. I know that there's one girl that is going all the way to Vancouver before uh, U.S. Open qualities, and you just got to wonder, like, what are you doing? You know, if you have a deep run there, like, the travel is just so much. But if you go and you play in the Bronx, I mean, what better warm-up? You, you, you have, you're in the same state. 
Um, I know it's a different borough, but at least you're in the same state. It's not that much travel if you're just going to stick around for the Open right afterwards. I, I mean, it can't be a better setup or warm-up tournament, to be honest. I mean, I think that's why our field is so good. I mean, you think it's, it's you know, you're saying it's a different borough, but honestly, the distance from where the players are staying in Manhattan, we might be a hair closer, mm-hmm. you know, so the commute is good. Um, and I think that's why the field is so intense. Um, and you're right. I think that's why, you know, people are like, I'm in New York. I'm tuning up for the Open. We've got a great, you know, we have a small main draw and then a field of 48 in quality. So, well, you know, step back. You're going to see some good tennis. And it's free. So it's open to the public, <laughs> which is amazing, which is part of our mission. Now, people can make, you know, we have a suggested donation for adults you know, to support our tennis and education programs. But you have to realize we were set up as this 100K and we had a 20-year history in this park. Um, You know, and if this was something that we had more set up, we might have taken a different approach. But, you know, we serve kids in the community, so it's open to the public. If you want to make a donation to the programs, good for you. Great. Good to know. I just, I love the fact that it's in the Bronx. I grew up uh, in 207th and Broadway, Joe, so... Uh, yeah, I, I grew up playing in Inwood. I mean, it's not that far. My sister was born in the Bronx. So, I mean, I would travel. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Almost every day, my dad would come back from work at like four o'clock and I would get in the car and we would go to the stadium racket club that was right next to Yankee Stadium. So, I mean, it's just, it's pretty cool. I'm kind of sad that I actually never got to play it when it was a 100K. Um, But yeah, I'm just excited. I I, I know that the players are going to be just looking forward to the tournament, but also knowing like, hey, I don't have to travel a lot to get to my next tournament. And some players are probably just staying in the same hotel that they would once they start playing the Open anyway. Well, let's break it here. Why don't we announce that you're playing it next year? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've, we're committed. That would be amazing. I will gladly, I would gladly play that. That's, I'm, I'm already pumped about it. I mean, I'm, I know I'm the guest, but I mean, what was your experience with NYJTL? So it's, I mean, that's so fascinating to me. And you're a pro player and I've, I've been a fan. I saw you run across the court with the flag and I was cheering with everybody else. So, Oh, that's so cool. Well, yeah, it feels like forever ago. Um, so to be honest, there's very much, very little that I actually remember before I was nine years old, but I saw that video the other day and I could have been five or eight. I'm like, I was short anyway at both those ages. So I really can't remember, but, um, yeah, I just remember like, 
seeing me hit, I was so intense on hitting the crap out of the ball. And I was just trying to get in on all these players and all these girls. I mean, they're like twice my size, but we would be there during the winter. I mean, it was like five o'clock. It was pitch black and I would get in the car with my dad and I would just go over there and I would hit with all these kids and it was just so much fun. And I know uh, Katrina Adams, every time she sees me, she's like fellow NYJTL player. I'm like, yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, it's, it's amazing how many kids you were able to reach. And yeah, I, Hey, you have a pro, you have a couple of pro players that probably have gone through the NYJTL system. Yeah. I mean, so I know you talked to Lisa Huber and she's our executive director of the Carrot Lead Center for Tennis. And we also have Asha Roll. So Asha Roll is on our staff. She was 82 in the world and she won the Bronx Open in doubles in 2011 and was a finalist twice in singles in in 07 and 08. So we've got the history here. So it's that's pretty cool. I mean, I, I, I just feel like the NYJTL adds to cool element to this. Not a lot of a lot of tournaments have history, obviously famous faces, all of that. But to have the kids involved is really important because what if one of these kids at this tournament ends up winning it in 20 years or something? I mean, you don't know. And that's kind of what you see with Irina. Like you came through this and you use this program and now you're on the tour. Like it's it's pretty cool. But I also want to know player recruitment. Do you have to reach out and find these players? And like you have contacts from your STA background. Can you text a player and entice them? Do you pay them these fees? Like how does this all work? Are you like, you know, offering out, I don't know, what they call appearance fees, aren't they? Like does this something that you're in charge of? You know, I'm so glad you said that because, you know, I was telling you another life. Um, I opened up the player development unit in New York with Tim Maya all those years ago. So we've had the chance to work with like some really great local talent like Bavara Lubchenko and Christina McHale. Christian came out to train with us a ton of times. Um, Luisa Trico, Jamie Loeb. So, I mean, we'd love to have these women in the tournament. And, you know, I'm not going to give away any secrets yet, but we're going to have a ton of American wildcards and they're going to come out and we're going to be filled with young, aspiring uh, American tennis players. And we're going to have great players who are top ranked, as we mentioned, Wang and Kanta and Kantavad and, you know, Daniel Collins came. Daniel Collins was out here with New Balance on a shoot last year um, and she's in the draw and I'm so excited for her to play. I'm a big fan of her as well. Um, but you know, we've had, I'd love to see, you know, other bigger American names like Coco Vandeweghe's really helped out NYJTL in the past. I'd love to see her in the mix if it's possible. Bethany Maddox-Sands is going to be our honoree this year at the Leadership Luncheon, another incredible American talent. I'd love to see if that turns out our way as well. So we have a good field. (laughs) I mean, we have a, I can't even not sound excited because our field is incredible. So if you like tennis, come here. <laughs> it's a perfect sell. <laughs> and on, I'm on board because it takes about, I mean, from the center of the city, it could take you an hour to get to Flushing, like take an hour to get here. So arguably, if you're in a car, it ends up being about the same thing. You have the ability in New York to pretty much just walk a couple of blocks maybe and find a public tennis court. And I remember, I think I was like maybe seven years old and we were going, we were I think we went to Central Park. It was either through Reebok or NYJTL. I cannot remember. Yeah. But I got to take a picture with Steffi Graf and hit with Jimmy Connors. 
And like, I remember that. And my parents still to this day, like they have that framed photo of me shaking hands with Jimmy and I'm like one third of his size and me and Steffi Graf and my sister. And I mean, I still remember that. I'm like, those are the moments that you remember for your entire life. And it's just pretty cool to me. The fact that you have so many kids that are going to have the opportunity to pretty much shake hands and rub shoulders with professional players i mean you never know what that impact can bring to their lives you are so right i mean we're so lucky because we're next to the u.s open i mean last year alone we had nick Kyrgios and francis tiafo come out with yonex and um i mean they're incredible like when you see these players who really love kids and inspire kids they know francis's story down in dc um, Nick Kyrgios is like right with the kids. I told you Danielle Collins was out here. We got to meet Serena last year. She spent so much time with our kids. Um, Venus played a matchup here. She sent a picture of our girls out uh, on Instagram afterwards and was like, this is my favorite part of being here. Like when you see the players who are so inspirational, they come in and they give back so much. It, it just makes you, you really enjoy what you do, you know? It's all worth it at that point. I think it all kind of, it, it, it means more when there's something more behind it than just players making money and tournaments trying to make money and everyone's just obsessed with, you know, success in that, you know, monetary value while instead of thinking about the kids in the local area. And I think part of it though here is it's, it's unique because it's the Bronx and even, I live in New York for five years and when I think of the Bronx, I think far away, sketchy, scary, and that's kind of a negative connotation i think Irina, you don't agree because you grew up around here but i that's what i've been that's how i think of it and i think that's something that you have to fight as well because you have to get clear that out and think tennis we work so much with the bronx world president i mean he's ruben diaz jr is really supportive of our work he came out um last week for our world team tennis new york empire matches he's been really supportive of this tournament as well um, so, you know, I have a different opinion now. So, and I come out to the center and the center is beautiful. So, um, we are gritty. We're earthy. We are true New Yorkers. Um, and I think the players are going to enjoy it too. I mean, I was, you know, I worked for the Davis cup fed cup team for a number of years and I did all this community tennis events with the players. So I see from their point of view too, like they're just trying to figure it out, but I think the people here are really going to respond well. So We'll see. It made it, it probably had a negative connotation back when I was growing up, but like all places, you're gonna have some sketchy areas in all places, no matter where you are, right? I mean, I went to school in middle school. I would take the A train from 207 to Harlem every single day, and that's where I went to middle school. And back in the day, that was just what you did. But if you told that to someone today, they'd be like, "Oh my gosh!" But guess what? Harlem is so nice now. True. True. Very and true. Lo- and Just look like how phones. you turned out, girl. You look good. Just, so exactly, exactly. You know what? If anything, Harlem made me like super gangster. <laughs> That's what I owe it to. You know, people don't realize New Yorkers. We are the friendliest people in the world. We just have a little bit of an edge. It's like, tell us what you want now. We're going to give you the information, but it's going to be quick, and we're going to move on. Exactly. Yeah. I wanted to know. Okay, so this is the first year you're running the Bronx Open. Do you have any thoughts of looking ahead? We'll be back next year. Can you guarantee that? How does this stay on the calendar and even grow? Yeah, that's a great question. So 
you know, before we were the 250K, we were a tournament. So we were the 100K challenger. At this point, we know we're going to be an annual event. We had 20 years of history doing it. We now have this amazing center. I think the level's to be determined. You know, we'll see. I, I, I know. Let's So book your calendars. We're in. And now just see how grand it is. And if someone wants to find out more and, you know, not buy tickets, but learn more about the Bronx Open, where are we sending them? So you go to nyjtlbronxopen.org. That is a mouthful, but it was as, as short as we could make it. nyjtlbronxopen.org. Okay, perfect. So that's the, the website to go to to learn more about the Bronx Open, which is a WTA international event. Top 50 starts. I mean, a loaded field of top 50 players. I don't know what more you want. Uh, runs August 16th is when qualifying starts. August 18th, the main draw begins just before the U.S. Open. Could it be more perfect? And uh, Irene is going to play it next year. That truly is the plan. So, okay, so you have a husband and you have two children. Are they into tennis as much as you are? Like, do they have the love for it? Like, to go and get on a plane and volunteer and roam kind of love for it? So, my youngest son is at camp this week here. Um, I'm calling player development on a weekly basis. No, I'm just kidding. I think my (laughs) oldest son is going to be uh, a theater lover and my youngest is going to be a tennis and soccer lover. So, but they're playing the sport and they're enjoying it. So do you want them to play sports or go into theater? Do you think about, I don't know, pushing them certain ways or is it kind of like try everything? Well, when I had two boys, I was like, oh my God, I've got a Wimbledon doubles team. Like I've got the champions here. (laughs) And now at five and eight, I'm like, they're happy and healthy. (laughs) You know, it's, I don't, you know, they're just, they have, that's the thing. Kids have such strong personalities and I just, they're doing great. Um, Tennis will be a, a big part of their lives. And your husband is supportive of this madness you've undertook for the Bronx Open. How is he involved in, is he in tennis? Is he a big fan or... So are you on your own? So we are like, we go on vacation and we play tennis together. That is like the only time he likes tennis. He's in the theater business. He's like done a ton of Broadway shows before. So it's like two different worlds. Um, But I will tell you, if I did not have him, there is no way to do all this work. I mean, you think it's like, I mean, this is literally my dream. I've thought about being a tournament director for 20 years the stars align. It's a great opportunity. I mean, I was literally Dewey Ponti, the practice courts in Rome, like with my poor Italian communicating with like transportation it was hilarious. And now 20 years later, here I am. But it's I mean, it's all day, all night. It's 24 seven. So um, you cannot do without a great team and support system. And I got it. Yeah, it's got to be patient to let you work around the clock to get ready for this. Yeah, I mean, thank God, you know, what's great is that you execute and there is an event. So, you know, there's there's a window. So I'm in that window. I'm in the thick of it. And the second week of the open, I cannot wait to celebrate. Let's get drinks. <laughs> uh, I mean, if there's one thing that you can, uh, I mean, if you can get past doing a practice desk at any tournament like that's unbelievable because i mean i will tell you like that has got to be the hardest job 100 percent, i think at a tournament so i told you i had literally every job in tennis so i ran the player services desk the player concierge desk for the open for like a decade almost a decade so here i was like 
we need to treat these players right. So you know who's going to run our practice court desk? Asha Roll. <laughs> I was like, I need somebody who knows what to You know, I've worked with the players a lot of years, and their favorite line is, if you don't know what you're doing, is, well, you know how they do it at another place. And guess what? Asha does. <laughs> so we, we put, like, really strong talent there. I was like, Asha, I need you. So she's coming through. We're going to have a great practice court desk. Thank you. That is a, I mean, that's problem solving and cutting things off at the head right right there and then. Smart play, man. Smart play. Yeah, I mean, how do you that feel is... about sharing a court sometimes in warm-up, Arena? What do, what do you feel about that? I, I, I really could care less. I mean, I really don't mind. But um, my favorite is it's, it's when, so you have practice that's at 12 o'clock, right? And there's a girl that's fourth on and wants to do a warm-up at 1230. And the only available court is to share with these girls that have allotted an hour to warm up quickly and play points. So the player that's coming in that has a match has priority. So they can come in and ruin the other girl's practice because she is deciding to warm up at 1230 instead of 12. That's my favorite. And so all of a sudden you have one hour of just like, going cross and hitting serves when in fact you wanted to play points. I don't know if that makes sense to everyone, but for all those tennis players that have experienced this, I'm sure you've experienced this too, Joe. Like I'm sure girls have complained to you about it. Like it's not fun. Yeah. I mean, it is intense. I I have to say like these women are here to work and practice court is a serious thing. We have got um, the three required practice courts. But, you know, listen, this site here, we have access to 20 20 courts plus the two stadiums. So we're going to have a little bit of flexibility. Oh, you'll be fine. Asha's going to take care of those ladies. You relying on a good team. That is the key to success here, what we've learned. And just relying on also ex-tennis players. That's the key, too. (laughs) Hiring former tennis players and letting them have their chance. Also the key. Well, I mean, when, when we have our weekly meetings, literally like Liesl and Asha like drilling us, you know, like, oh, they're not going to go for that. They're not going to go for that. I'm like, I'm like, complain to me now so that we can, you know, we can meet the right expectations. We love having that. I mean, you know, so we also have this woman, uh, her name is Pam Glick. She was a tournament director here for, I think, the last five or six years. She's a tournament manager this year, has so much internal knowledge. Um, I said, we have Liesl, we have Asha, I've been in the business 20 years. So, you know, we have some ops background. We have quite a bit. And um, listen, this is big and it's coming on fast, but we're putting in the work. I mean, having Liesl Huber on your staff is wild. Like former number one, seven-time Grand Slam champion, and she's just roaming around, you know, helping kids and sharing her wisdom. That's that's insane. Yeah, that's our daily life. I mean, Liesl and I are pulling off clinics all over the place. And um, I mean, the great thing is when you're number one in the world, you've got this work ethic and this drive. um, And we're pulling off a lot of stuff. And, and, you know, that's compliment to the whole team. The whole team is really, we're we're putting in the hours. Wow. It's been awesome. I uh, honestly, I I couldn't have, I I would not have uh, picked a better team. Uh, to run a tournament you guys are going to do a phenomenal job and uh, can't wait to play next year yeah Irina so excited for you can I say one yeah. last Irina. I'm so happy to be here because Irina we have this really great uh, mutual friend 
um, Erica Perkins Jasper. Oh my gosh. Felt like I've been your best friend for like the last 10, 15 years because <laughs> like I just talked about you to Erica all the time. So now I'm here with you. So it's a small tennis world and hilarious. So now we're friends too. Oh my God. That is so funny. It's really a small tennis world. She is the bomb. She is, uh, she always tells me, she's like, you know, we're going to run USDA and like, everything one day i'm like yeah okay erica we got this but yeah no i i'm cheering for her she's she's amazing i mean every time i get together with her i'm just like there's not enough hours in the day i just love her and yeah i i am glad that we have that mutual friend you must be good people to have her vouch for you like that i think we'll end on that note we'll wrap this episode up of tennis.com podcast we've been at the carrie leeds tennis center for learning which is the host of the bronx open starting august 16th um again what was the website www.nyjtlbronxopen.org and our guest has been joe sariello the tournament director of the bronx open and the cmo of the nyjtl um i've been nina pantic and i'm Irina falcone thanks for listening and thank you so much for being with us today joe oh uh, thanks so much for having us we are so excited at nyjtl to pull off this tournament 